When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I am your co-host, Michelle Maros. <laughs> I was trying a different cadence, but now I just sound weird. And I'm here with my mom, Peaceful Barb. Hi, Michelle. Hello, I, mom. I, I caught that different cadence. You know, because I felt like if you were someone who was just maybe binging our episodes over one after the other after the other, you could be like, Man, she just never sounds different. Give us something different. But I don't know. I'll work on that. Anyways. It's kind of cool. I can feel your energy. Can you? Good to be here. Hi, everyone. Hello. Welcome, everyone. I'm feeling... I'm feeling very... um, I'm moving slow today, if you couldn't tell. It doesn't feel like it, though. I think just after coming back from a trip, you feel like you're yourself. You got, you have a little bit more energy than well, I. Well, maybe it's from you. To be honest, I didn't, I wasn't sure what to expect because <laughs> I know that traveling drains you. Yeah. So I'm pleasantly surprised. You've, I Your feel energy is a, restoring me. Yeah. I feel a sense of, of, uh, energy coming from you. So a long, long time ago, a psychic or a medium or an intuitive or one of those things told me in a session that being in your energy restores me. Yeah. And at that time I thought that was hilarious because we were in a very, you know, I was younger and we go through phases and I, I laughed. And so that's always a joke now that you restore my energy. And look, <laughs> it came true. It came true. It's true. I think also the topic that we're going to talk about today, maybe you've been, we've been talking about this quite a bit. And I think it, whenever you talk about something and, and put it out there into the world, into the atmosphere, and it has your energy behind it, I'm talking about your energy, meaning all of our energies when you're talking about something, it, it, it has an effect on how we live our lives and how we take things in, how we act, how we do things in our everyday ordinary life. So I think this may be part of it. I think you, we both have more energy because we are becoming less and less unbothered. Wow. She set us up quite nicely, didn't she? Which is our topic for today. Tips on becoming unbothered. And I love this. I love this. Yes, I know you do. So I love this too, because, and I wanted to talk about this today because 
there's so much that happens in the world around us that can get us down. And you and I were just talking about like little inconvenience that had happened to us in our recent travels that could really like have flustered us in a major way. So there's just many things and major things that are always happening in the world around us that can make us just feel in a constant state of agitation and stress and overwhelm. And obviously we know we can never control or predict what's going to happen in the world around us. And we can't eradicate stressors in our lives. But, and what we're going to talk about today is I think that we can start to mitigate some of the unnecessary agitation. Absolutely, Michelle. And I think that's why I love this word unbothered. As you and I spoke about this whole topic, I think quite often as humans, we use the words irritation, agitation, overwhelm, which I think are heavier, more extreme words of what happens to us in daily life, stress, all the things that you just said, where if we think about it, Life is going to present us with a whole myriad of things, and we have no control over what life gives us, our power lies, our power lies in how we manage or how we react or how we act or our response to what life gives us. And so I love this word unbothered, because if we can if we can be settled into the fact that we don't have control out there, but all of our power and our control lies within us, we can actually be at a place where we think about these things as as bothers and not so heavy duty, as you were talking about. They don't need to get to a place of being completely agitating, irritating, frustrating, overwhelming, stressful. They could actually just be, they could actually just be, we could, something can happen and we could just say, oh, this is a little red flag or this is a little bother to me right now, what's happening in the moment, mm-hmm. instead of allowing it, because I believe that suffering is part of life pain is part of life, irritation, all those things are part of life. But we tend to then add to the suffering or the pain or the irritation with all the stories that we write about it in our heads about what's happening. So I feel like being being unbothered means that we're going to notice that we're feeling bothered in this moment and, and take an action. And say, okay, I don't have any control over this right now. What's the, what's the next step that I can take? Absolutely. So I love the word bother, unbothered. Tips for becoming unbothered. Yeah. And when I think of the word unbothered and like what that looks like in my life, what usually comes to mind is, you know, that quote or that saying like, be like a fish and just go with the flow or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. I I think being in the flow of life, being in the stream and the salmon- you know, the salmon swim upstream. Well, that's not, that's different. So if you think about that, no, it's like being, <laughs> being ready to go with what life presents for you yeah. because you don't have any control over what it's going to send your way. Yes. And that's how I think of being unbothered is like going with the flow of what, what life presents to you, like what you just said. And when I think about things that make me bothered or agitated, you know, it's stuff that happens in my life. It's relationships that maybe I'm not handling correctly. But like you were saying, we can't get rid of it. We can't control it. But it's my 
participation in it that gets me to that incredibly bothered, agitated place. It's the stories that I write or the thoughts that I feed to myself about the situation that take it from just a regular occurrence in life that might not be super pleasant to, you know, the end of the world, anxiety, whatever. I was just having a situation with a friend and I allowed it to cause me so much anxiety because I, it was all on me. I wasn't communicating properly of my needs in the situation for a lot of reasons. I was afraid. I didn't want to hurt their feelings. I didn't, the bound, it was hard to set a boundary with this friend because it wasn't something that I had really done before. And I wasn't communicating, like I said. And so it was getting murky. The conversation wasn't going how I wanted it to. And because of all of that, it allowed me to get, it allowed myself to get incredibly anxious and um, bothered and just really worrisome. And I hadn't experienced that in a long time because I've been working on all of these things in my life. I've been working on, you know, communicating clearly and being open and truthful and straightforward with people. And it was a really interesting example for me that A, we're always a work in progress. Like these things come up and they give us new ways to practice these things with ourselves. And B, to see just how true it is that our minds really dictate our moods because this situation gave me so much inner turmoil and stress and fret and discomfort. And I really allowed it to take away a lot of excitement that I was feeling about the situation and, um, and it it allowed me, it pushed me into a place of feeling resentment. It pushed me into a place of feeling anger. It just brought up so many feelings that I haven't felt in a really long time and all of it for what, for why it was all unnecessary and so I think for that that was like the epitome for me of being totally bothered by a situation and it not really being worth it. It's interesting that you're saying this because I think sometimes what happens in these situations that you're talking about, because I can only speak for myself, as much as I want to have the appropriate or the 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 action that will take me with ease in the flow of life. Sometimes I get triggered with trauma responses and sometimes whatever's happening in the moment triggers me from some past trauma because I, for me, I do believe that sometimes we still have those little triggers of trauma, especially if it's a really deep, deep trauma. And so I think sometimes we get triggered in because I know that I do and I can get very anxious sometimes just about the slightest little thing about returning a phone call or saying something to somebody. And when I think back on it, I'm like, what was the deal here, Barb? And so I usually will let myself off the hook and say, oh, that was a trauma response. That was the the me that used to respond when I was deep into my trauma. And so every time I do that, when I name it, I, I chip away a little bit at the knowing of that. And I don't go down a rabbit hole of, oh my gosh, you just wasted this time or you just did all this for what? So I think that, and the other thing that you said that was really, use the word pleasant. 
I love that word as well. Wouldn't it be amazing? Is that pleasant? Yeah, in oh. the very beginning of the okay. of the of your talk. I love that word so much. It's so amazing that you said that word because I've been thinking about that a lot. Wouldn't it be wonderful as we talk about these tips for becoming unbothered, if we can just be able to, more often than not, we're not going to be perfect, obviously, but if we could just be able to name something as just being unpleasant Mm -hmm. without any of the stories that we give it, without any of all the stuff that we add pile on, that something happens in life and it's just unpleasant. I mean, that's, that's a tall order especially for some of the things that we, all of us as humans encounter in life. But it's kind of an interesting prospect to think about. And I just wanted to share that with everyone, yeah. just that idea of that's kind of a step of being unbothered, truly being able to choose our own response in every given situation, even if it's a really traumatic one. And even if we go down that trauma response hole for a little bit, we could actually come out of it as you did. You learned a lot of stuff. You looked at wow, this is what was happening. This is what was happening. And then we move into that. And that was really unpleasant. And I think it's been helping me just to name it that way. That was really unpleasant. Yeah. And I will say, based on what you just said about the situation that I'm referring to is I noticed myself falling back into old patterns and and mindsets of who I was in this particular relationship from a long, long time ago, because that was the dynamic of of the past. And I think also why it brought up so much angst in me is because I'm like, I'm not this person. Why am I letting myself fall back into these patterns? And the judgment that I had against myself for all of these things was just really interesting to me. And I was talking to another friend about it because I just I was having a really hard time letting it go and just shaking it off. And my other friend was like, why are you being so hard on yourself? Like you're beating yourself up. Like this isn't necessary. And it it just was all a perfect example of some of these things where we, we do something, we think about it in a certain way. We let our thoughts get the best of us. It creates unpleasant situations and circumstances. And then we really gang up on ourselves because of what we created. And that's the, that's the whole conversation today. How can we start to live our lives when unpleasant, bothersome things happen to us and we start to suffer or we feel the pain, which is normal. We must feel the pain. We must feel the suffering. We must feel the overwhelm or whatever it is that's happening in the moment. It is so critical to name it. And then move on to what is the action that I can take without allowing the mind to write stories about it, because that's what happens. And then that's what I'm talking about. We start to suffer, have the pain, but then we pile on more suffering and more suffering and more suffering and more pain and more agitation and more overwhelm. And we are the ones causing ourselves to suffer more than we need to. Absolutely. So I feel like this episode today is really going to help. I'm really hopeful and really excited about helping us start to at least see the little gap between a painful, bothersome situation that happens and being able to take that pause. And then what is the next step that we can take so we can get down the road? And I'm not talking about really traumatic type things necessarily because it does trigger us, 
but we can get down the road of saying, wow, that was really unpleasant because to beat up on ourselves and to cause us more suffering and more suffering and more suffering or to demonize the whole situation more than it needs to be is, is what we're trying not to do. It's how we want to live our lives more happily and more with a little bit more ease and grace and, and kindness and love towards ourselves. And not allowing it to ruin what's happening for you or ruin something that you're excited about or take you so far out of the present that you can't enjoy what's ha- what your life is in that moment, which is what was happening for me. I allowed my thoughts and my angst and my anxiety to totally take me out of the present moment. I had so much worry about how I was going to handle this situation that I couldn't enjoy the fun things that were happening around me or the people that I was with in that moment. And it was just another example for me of how much power we have within ourselves and how we always have to be working these tools and these practices, really. It is. It's a practice. It's every single day a practice. What a treat. All right. Let's dive in. Let's take a quick break. The new Super Beats Heart Shoes Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we're back. Alrighty, so tips for becoming unbothered because clearly I need them and you need them and we all need them, I think. And I think it's just helpful to remember some of these key takeaways. I love it. So the first one is to recognize that not everything deserves an emotional reaction or not everything needs an emotional reaction. Yeah, I love this one because certainly certainly things can hit us emotionally, but do we need to react emotionally? I think is what I love about this one. Cause sometimes things are just going to hit us and we're going to feel the emotion. We're going to feel the goosebumps. So we're going to feel something in our bodies. And so it's exhausting. I think it's what exhausts us the most. And, and I think is a path to feeling overwhelmed and agitated and irritated is because then we react mm-hmm. instead of just naming the feeling at the moment. Oh, wow. This just really made me pause for a second. I don't even know. I'm a little bit scared or I'm a little bit anxious or I'm a little bit this, let me just take a pause. So instead of reacting in the moment to the emotion, let's just take a pause because it's exhausting to react to everything that other people say and do. If we did that all the time, can you imagine how exhausted we are and how unproductive we are and ultimately how unhappy, unhappy I think that we can become so I believe we reclaim our power and our energy and the, the whole point of living our lives more happy and with a little bit more ease is to not allow other people to dictate our reactions or no action whatsoever. Or maybe the, there's always an action. I, I didn't mean to say it that way. Like there's always an action, but maybe the action is no action. Maybe the action is, huh, I felt this way. I don't need to respond to that. That really doesn't, that's really none of my business or that really doesn't 
have anything of value for me in this moment. I'm just going to let that pass. It's not worth my time or my energy. And we then become the gatekeepers really of our emotions where we're feeling our emotions, we're naming our emotions, and then we decide what we want that next action to be or what we want that experience to be. I love that you just said that you, you weren't even enjoying the moments of the other things that you were doing with this whole situation. And I think that's, we have the power to name what kind of experience or what kind of a life we're going to be living in every single moment. Totally. And this one is really interesting for me because, and I think it's really hard too to put into practice because it's so easy for our emotions to get the best of us, especially in situations where maybe we do feel triggered or um, put out or something doesn't go our way. You know, we're rushed with emotion immediately. And for me, it's all about being so present and aware in the moment to notice the emotion that's coming up and managing it quickly, you know, and, and taking whatever action you need to take in the moment quickly. Because for me, at least the second I, I allow that emotion to perpetuate or act on it in a knee jerk way without taking that pause or taking that moment to just breathe or figure out what's happening for me. That's when maybe I I give a reaction that's based in emotion or heated or maybe even saying something or doing something that I don't mean. And I think you said the key word is the pause. Right. We talk about the pause, the pause so all the much. time. We talk about the pause so much. And I think this particular situation, an example of becoming unbothered by recognizing that not everything deserves an emotional reaction is key. For me, this has been the number one tool that I use when I, and I, I want to say it again, whenever you start to feel an emotional response or you start to feel emotion coming up in your body, it is crucial. And it has been such a lifesaver for me to pause and feel the feeling and name the feeling. I think it was Dr. Siegel that said, name it to tame it. Right. The minute that you're able to stop and feel the feeling and name the feeling you, you take like 70 some percent of the energy of that feeling away. Because I think listening to what you were saying, Michelle, I think what happens to us is we, we aren't naming the feeling. We're getting riled up by the feeling, the first initial trigger of the feeling. And then we're just plowing straight ahead. So we don't even really know what we're feeling. Because when you can name it and then ultimately to tame it, you're actually going to say to yourself, wow, I just felt angry about this in this moment. What, what is it about what this person said or did that's making me feel angry? When you start to ask a couple little questions like that during the pause, it more often than not for me, it's been, oh, okay, that's what's happening. Oh, that's what's happening. You know what? I don't really care about that. I'm not going to respond in any which way. Or I might respond by, hey, that kind of hurt my feelings. Could we not talk about that anymore? Or I don't feel like talking about that right now. Could we just move on? Or whatever it is without the energy of the emotion behind it because we already know what's happening for us in the moment. I think it's been huge to take that pause and naming my feelings in the moment. Absolutely. It saved me a lot of energy and a lot of time. Absolutely. And it's the training of ourselves to take the pause. I mean, how many times has something happened? Somebody said something or someone's done something and we're not even in the, in the room with them. It's, we've heard it from a second or third party or we've heard it 
or it's an email that got sent or a text message that got sent. How many times has that happened to all of us? And we just get riled up or we get enraged and we pick up the phone and call that person or we send a, a quick text or we send an email. And I would have to say a hundred percent of the time when I've done that, it doesn't end well. No. And then it riles me up even more. And then to use your example from before, I start beating myself up. Oh my gosh, I wish I hadn't done that. Right. That was not helpful. That made things worse. I feel worse. What is wrong with you, Barb? What happened to your practice? And that's where we start to pile on with the suffering. And something lasts for days and weeks sometimes instead of just allowing it to dissipate in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Did that exhaust you? No, I just, <laughs> I feel like today's episode truly is like a, you talking to me about my problems. So I'm letting oh. what you're saying marinate. Oh, sweet. We're on the <laughs> um, stairs of the house talking about life. I love it. I love it. This is just a big one. I'm glad we started with this as number one, because I think it's one of the biggest ones in becoming unbothered and trying to really understand life and how it's going to present things to us all the time, all the time. And I think give yourself a break, all of you listening, because most of the time we are unbothered. I think we really need to look at our lives more objectively and take a little step back a little bit and maybe a little distance and look at it from maybe 30,000 feet altitude or something and look, and we're doing a really good job. We truly are. We're doing a better job. And I think we add to the suffering and add to the problems for our lives by all the piling on that we do with the thoughts in the mind telling us we're not good enough or what's the matter with us. And, oh my gosh, how could I have done that? Whatever it is that the mind is saying. So reclaim your power and understand that you have the power to choose what action you're going to take in every moment instead of reacting. Yeah. Another an interesting example of this too that has been big in my life and I think is prevalent a lot these days is like emotional reactions in the car to like how people act driving. And like, I get really amped up sometimes if someone cuts me off or does something rude or whatever. And I can feel like the surge of emotion come up and want to like honk or flick the person off or whatever. And that's like the epitome of something that totally does not deserve any of my emotion or energy. I can be frustrated with how something's happening, but I don't need to like engage it in that way further. And I think road rage is something that all of us have witnessed and experienced too, where people just take these opportunities to let all of our emotion out. And that's been a, a practice for me too. I think that's really good, Michelle. I, it really goes hand in hand with this. It's, it's so amazing how we take other people's actions on and carry the weight ourselves. And if we could really start to take a, take a pause, but also take a little bit of space, like look at the spaciousness in life, but we, we bring everything in so close and we take on things that are not ours to carry. So in this first tip, really recognize things that are yours to carry that you need to methodically think about and feel the feelings and, and, and contemplate what, what will my action be and what are things which are most of the things that don't need your response and that you just need to 
let the feeling come up and then let the feeling go out. Like Jill Bolte-Taylor says. Yes, exactly. It takes 90 seconds, feel the feeling and let the feeling flow right through your body. It it will give you a lot more energy. Keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah. Good ones. Good ones. Number two is don't make assumptions. Yeah. All do that. When you assume you make an ass out of you and me. Yeah. We've all heard that, that little phrase. This and is also a big one for me. And especially in this most recent situation that I was talking about, I was making all sorts of assumptions about my friend. And I think that's, the, that's part of not having boundaries, not knowing what it is that we will and won't do and not knowing what's important to us, the values that we have, the intentions that we have, having all those things is really important. I think for this one, And then having the courage to ask the questions. If we're not clear, you know, understanding what's happening, what we're, what we're doing, what we're engaging in, especially if we're doing something with other people or, or going on a trip. It's so very, very important that we know that we have the right and the power to ask questions. So if we're unclear about something and not just pushing that down, oh, I'm not really sure what's happening here. Oh, but I'm too embarrassed to ask them. Or, oh, they're going to think that I'm so stupid because I should already know she's a good friend of mine or he really knows what he's talking about. I mean, we, we, this is all about the stories and the mind. So we make all these assumptions. And at the end of the day, for me, when I make assumptions, it's because I'm scared. Yeah. Always. I'm scared. And I don't have the courage to ask the questions. I'm just going to let it rip. I'm just going to go, okay, let me just jump in here and it'll be fine. And it never is fine. If I'm not feeling confident or if I'm feeling scared, there's going to be somewhere along the way that it's not going to be fine. And I'm going to say, see, I knew that. Well, no, I didn't know that. I knew that I was scared, but I didn't know what was going to happen because I didn't ask any questions. I didn't allow myself the privilege and the right to just say, hey, I'm feeling a little uncertain right here. Could you help clarify a couple things for me? That's all I would have needed to say. But instead, all the turmoil, all the suffering that the mind was having me have... And you're right. It takes you out of the moment. So I enjoy times with people, of course, but I probably enjoy it a whole lot more. And I've noticed that if I just would be honest, if I'm starting to feel a little scared. A hundred percent. And it's giving yourself the permission to be honest and to tell the truth. That was another big thing for me was like, I felt like I couldn't really be a hundred percent truthful of what I wanted because I didn't want to make the other person sad or upset or disappointed or mad or whatever those possibilities could be. I assumed that that was what was going to happen. So I didn't even let myself be honest. I didn't let myself speak of what I needed or what was going to work for me. And I made assumptions. I had expectations and then all of that allowed me to write all of these stories about the things of what was going to happen. And it took up so much of my mental energy, my physical energy, my time, my effort for no reason. Like it didn't, it didn't benefit anybody and it didn't benefit the situation. And it's also not totally fair to the people in your life. Because rather than showing up in the example that I'm talking about with my friend, rather than showing up as myself in the most aligned way possible, I showed up in this weird wonky way that was like annoyed with the situation and, and kind of resentful and not fully me because I had 
like taken myself down this rabbit hole of, of angst because I wasn't speaking. I was afraid. I was making assumptions. I was writing stories. I was in my emotions instead of just like having the courage to do what I know I needed to do. That is really beautifully said, Michelle. And my hope in this conversation about making assumptions, because it really ties directly into courage. It ties directly into us feeling afraid of something. What I hope can come out of this, and I, it's so powerful, and it's been such an eye-opener for me, is when I fall into this trap of not allowing myself the permission to ask questions if I'm not clear, or if something doesn't feel right, whatever it is, the minute I start to feel the fear when I'm going into a situation or a relationship or whatever it is, I've got to step up. I've got to step up because if I don't, and this is what I really want everyone to take in, if we don't step up and ask the questions, if we're not clear, if something isn't quite right, I'm feeling unsettled. If we're not okay to do that, it erodes our confidence. It erodes, we start to feel weak. We start to feel like not good enough. We start to, let me just say I, I start to feel weak. I start to feel not good enough. And it, it's from the inside out. It's not apparent right away, but you can start, I can start feeling it inside myself. You know, resent, as you said, resentful or irritated or, but it's not a resentment so much an irritation with the other person. It's with myself. Yeah. It's what starts to trigger that beating up of ourselves. What is the matter with you, Barb? Why couldn't you just ask the question? You weren't feeling clear. You weren't feeling okay with what was happening for some reason, and you weren't clear about it. So there was something that another person needed to respond to. You know, I did all the work, but I wasn't clear. So I, I really, I, I really hope you can see how it goes hand in hand. When you're not clear about something, you need to be able to be strong enough and courageous enough to ask, ask the questions and save yourself the unnecessary stress. And work up the courage to ask the question to be clear. That's all you're asking. I need to be clear here because I'm I'm having some trepidations here and I'm not really clear. It changes everything. And not only does it empower you, it's it's really helpful and really wonderful for the other person and the relationship that you're in and the situation you're going into. And don't assume that the other person is going to know what you want and what you need if you're not speaking up for yourself too. Exactly. That's kind of where I fell in, where I'm like, doesn't this person know me enough and know me well enough to know that I don't want to do that, which is bonkers, but, and then getting angry about it. I can't believe this person doesn't know me well enough. Yeah. It's, it's a, it, 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 when you can sit down, (laughs) I'm like tongue tied for just a second. It's like, cause I'm so excited about this. It all follows when you actually can sit and listen to this conversation we're having, it we can look back on it and say, of course, this was the next thing to follow and this was the next thing to follow. And then you go all the way down that whole staircase of all these things. This is the next thing that happens. This is the next thing that happens. And so it's so beneficial to be able to look at that and then, then laugh. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, look what happened. Wow, now let me just really tease this all apart and see what can I do differently the next time. Yep. It's all about learning along the way. Yes. And laughing. And laughing. And laughing. Live, laugh, love. Live, I mean, um, learn to be able to be gentle and, and, and humorous with yourself. Yeah. All right. Number three, avoid personalizing what other people do. Ugh. We do that all the time. So we take hard. things so personally. We talk about this a lot in our work on social media and in our pr- programs and 
especially with the teenagers that we work with, this it's it's the number one thing that people, whenever we talk about not taking things personally that other people do, it really is the number one question. How do you do that? You know, how do you not take things personally when someone is disrespectful or when someone, you know, really comes at you in a very negative, mean, uh, awful way, disrespectful way? It's terrible when people do that. But in any that. way. In any, any way, anything, any way, how do we not take it on for ourselves? And it kind of goes hand in hand with not carrying other people's baggage, other people's reactions, other people's responses, and I think the thing that's helped me the most with this when something happens is that pause and is to say, well, that's their opinion. That is a reflection on whatever is going on inside of them. They are they are reflecting back to me or they saying something back to me, something that's happening inside of them that I have no clue about, that I don't even know what's happening. And so I always, especially if it's disrespect or cruel, I always, I, it's taken, it takes a long time and it's not something that you learn and then you're done that, that I can promise you. It's, it, it's almost something that you have to do with every single separate person in your life. It's not like a one size fits all for me. It hasn't been anyway. So with certain people, I have to be able to really be mindful of what's happening and not because it can be so easily to take things personally, because as I've said in other episodes, I, as a child, I was told all the time that I was the problem. Barb, you are the problem. You are the problem. So I internalized that for decades. You're the problem. You're the problem. And so it's that is one that is, if someone ever says to me, you're the problem, I now have a handle on that. Wait a minute. I'm not the problem. Let's take a look at the problem or whatever it is that my response will be. And if it's a disrespectful one, what I've learned over all these years is to think that Someone being disrespectful to me or to you or anyone being disrespectful says nothing about me and everything about them. At all costs, I work and practice hard at not being disrespectful to people and trying to be kind, but also being assertive and speaking my peace. So weaving all those things together is never easy. But I think the key for me is not to be disrespectful. And so if someone is disrespectful to me, I've really, I've really been able to put up kind of a shield. I look at it as a shield. If someone is really cruel or disrespectful, wow, this is really not about me. This is about who they are. It says everything about who they are. Yeah. And I think for me with this practice, it's really starting to break down and etch away at the weight with which I place what anybody thinks of me in general, good and bad, you know, being a recovering people pleaser and always wanting to be liked, you know, certainly I would live my life in a way where I would try to make everybody like me and not be mad at me and think I'm amazing. And that too, I think is, puts us into a place of living for other people and personalizing other people's actions. Even if someone is praising you or saying you're amazing and you know, all of that for me, it's not living for personalizing the compliments or the criticisms because I find that that is a roller coaster or a pendulum of emotions that can take you from high highs to low lows, like in an instant. 
And of course, the nice things and the the kind things that people do is is really pleasant and all of that, but it's not the fuel or it's not the um, the motivator. It's just a happy coincidence or whatever. Because if I start to base my actions or my personality or how I am on the positives that people are going to react with me as well, it just gets me out of myself and more into a people pleasing mode. Does that make sense? It's like being in that happy medium of like, I'm going to be me and you can be happy or you can be not happy. And again, that has nothing to do with me. Your perception of me has nothing to do with me. Well, I think it, it does make sense. I think it goes back to the beginning of this conversation, kind of letting life flow through us, being in the flow of life, letting life flow through. And someone compliments us and says something nice. We say, thank you. That's so wonderful. Thank of course. You so much. Thank you so much. It's really, it's really wonderful. And someone's disrespectful. We speak up too, if we want to, but it, but I love what you're saying. It, we don't take it on. We don't live in it. We don't, we don't live our lives by it. We don't take it on as our own. We take it on as something wonderful. If it's a beautiful compliment or a nice thing that someone's done for us or kind thing, we love all those things, of course, but we don't take them on and live in that. We live our lives in our authentic way, but we don't take that on. We let it flow through us. We let it flow. We let life flow because the minute there's a nice thing that happens, the other, then the pendulum could swing back to, you know, something life is full of pain and suffering and life is full of joy and laughter and happiness. And so how we can start to be in the flow of what life is bringing in every moment and try to stay in the moment, I think is key. And I love, I love what you just said. I think it's perfect. It's a perfect analogy. Yay. And number four, know your limits. Wow. Know yourself. Yeah. This is a huge one. I love ending with this one because I, I learned what, what I want to share. And I think I'm sure that I've talked about this in some other episode before a little bit, but this is such a big one. It literally changed my life when I went into treatment for bulimia 38 years ago. One of the things that we talked a lot about, obviously, so much therapy and so much group therapy, and especially in the group therapy, we, we would talk about what would trigger us, what would annoy us, what would bother us, what was unpleasant, all the things, what was irritating, what was overwhelming. We were all of that. And one of the therapists... She said, halt. And we all kind of looked at her and she said, never allow yourself to get too hungry, too angry, too lonely, or too tired. And I think we all looked at her and said, what, 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 what? And so we had a whole discussion about that. And I've carried this with me for the past 38 years because it was one of the most powerful things. So now when I'm starting to feel bothered, when I'm starting to feel unkind, when I'm starting to feel overwhelmed, when I'm starting to feel all those feelings triggered or anxious or anything like that, I will pause for a moment. I'm always pausing. I will pause for a moment and say, Barb, what's happening for you in this moment? And nine out of 10 times, it usually is that I'm hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And I would say the two that come up the most for me are hungry and tired. Yeah. So it's very fascinating, though, to know yourself that well. I know that someone will say, hey, do you mind if we don't eat lunch until like 3.30? And in the past, I would have said, oh, sure, whatever you want. Well, no, I do mind. I, I, yeah. I, that's a big thing for me. 
I like to, I like to make sure that I don't get too hungry. And so I, I'm honest with people. I say, you know, it works better for me if we eat like at one or one fifteen, had breakfast earlier, whatever it is. So just knowing yourself so well, so that that's what that therapist meant. Don't allow yourself. Of course, we're going to fall into that from time to time because we're not perfect, but don't allow yourself. And so the angry, I ask myself, the minute I start to feel angry, what's happening with you, Barb? What, what is causing you to feel angry? And oftentimes it's something that I have bypassed and just pushed down. It's usually something from a day ago or two days ago or something that happened that I didn't allow myself the, the pause to say, hey, that really triggered some anger. And lonely or tired. Tired's a big one for me. I know when I get tired. So I'm pretty good at saying, you know what, I'm going to be too tired to do that. Could we do that a little earlier? Or could we do this? So I think it's good to know yourself in that regard and knowing your limits. What can you do and what can't you do? And for me, it falls into these four things often. Yeah, and and honoring your limits. I think you can know them and still push them because you don't want to be disappointing to other people. But if you know them and act upon them, that's where you start to minimize the agitation. And I think for me too, it's like I can get I can get into the halty, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired and just try to say yes to get through something because I'm too hungry or I'm too tired and then commit myself to something that's going to add on to the overwhelm because I just don't feel like dealing with it. Yeah, fine, I'll do that. And then I'm pushing my limits. And I think what's so cool about this is having another person, like you are that other person for me. Oh. And I'm that other person for you where we will say this to each other. When you're in a mood, I can sense some sort of a mood with you. I'll ask you, are you halty today? <laughs> is something happening? And you'll do the same for me if I seem out of sorts or if I seem like something is wrong. We're, we're, I think we're so in tune with each other and so honest with each other. You'll just say, are you halty today, mom? Are you too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? And it's it's become a fun thing. It becomes a very fun thing, which is a fun, humorous thing. It's fun and it's fun. Yeah, it's so fun and it's not, we don't take it personally. It's not an attack or anything. It's like, are you halty today? So I think it's interesting if you can have another buddy, have a halty buddy or have another buddy that you could do that with because it's it's been very beneficial. So many times, every time when you say, are you halty today? Often, often I'll say, take the pause and I'll say, yeah, you know what? I'm tired. I didn't sleep well last night. And remember, just naming the feeling and naming what's happening is so much of the power, so much of the power. And I think that's what we do for each other. That's why you bringing it up or me bringing it up is really critical and has been tremendous. Yeah, and it's getting into that practice of speaking on it because I, it's easy to say it to you, you know, I'm halty, I'm hung, you know, because we are, we give each other grace and we understand each other. It's not as easy sometimes with other people. Oh, no. And I so, agree. yeah, getting into that practice and working that muscle and just saying, you know, I'm really tired right now. Can I get back to you? when I've had some time to rest or I just need to recharge. Can you give me a couple minutes or something? Because it's from what I've found recently in my life, it's, 
it's hard sometimes to do these things when you feel like you're going to let somebody down and you just got to do it anyways. (laughs) Well, I think that's why the word halt is the gateway to knowing my limits. I don't think I understood what my limits were. I mean, I, I think many of us, we don't know what our limits are. We just go. I mean, I didn't even think twice. Do, could, do I actually have the energy for this? Do I have, now I do. We just go. We just, okay, yes. Okay, yes. How often are we saying yes all the time? And then we say yes and we say, oh, I wish I hadn't said yes. I'm too tired to do this. Or it's at a time when it's not going to work for me. So I think just that word halt because so much of it falls into these four categories a lot of the time is the gateway to knowing our limits. And I think what it's done for me is then it, it, I ask the question of myself. So if I'm starting to feel unbothered, if I'm starting to feel agitated, or I'm starting to feel, I'll say, Barb, are you one of these four things? Halt. And it's been such a beautiful way to put the pause in. We have to feel the feelings in the moment. And I think that's what this whole conversation is about. How can we learn if we're feeling something to pause, to halt? And in this one, it helps. It has helped me dramatically to know my limits and be able to be what you were saying earlier, more authentic, more honest, and more courageous to be able to speak my truth of what it is that I need and know what I need. I'm a morning person. Someone asked me to go out to a late night play or something. Then I'll, I'll think to myself, okay, can I, can I factor in a nap? Or can I factor in doing nothing, not having a really packed day? It just, it makes us more aware. And we start to really know ourselves really well. And then we can truly show up in life in a very authentic way. I love it. I think that this is very helpful. Very helpful. I hope it has been helpful for everyone. Yeah, because it... Life is hard and sometimes we don't know what to do or how to act or how to react. And sometimes we make things worse for ourselves and life is hard enough. We don't need to pile on to our own difficulty. Exactly. (laughs) So you want to recap for everyone? Sure. So hopefully these help you become a little less unbothered or a little more unbothered, less bothered. Um, Recognize that not everything deserves an emotional reaction Don't make assumptions. Don't write stories. Avoid personalizing what other people do and know your limits. Know yourself. Know who you are and what you want. And I think too, we titled this Becoming Unbothered. So it's not like you're going to be unbothered. Life is all about becoming, you know, step by step. Yeah, it's not going to happen overnight. Action by action, we we become a little bit less unbothered and a little bit less unbothered. So be gentle with yourselves as you're starting to take this journey to becoming unbothered. We're all just doing the best we can with what we're given each and every moment. I love Thanks, that. Mom. Thank you, Michelle. This was helpful. Good. And thank you all so much for listening to the show and being such a wonderful community of Barb Knows Best listeners. If you'd like to stay in touch with us and send us questions and give us potential podcast topic requests, make sure you're following us on social media at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros, and at, at Barb Knows Best Pod. Also, please make sure that you are liked and subscribed to the show wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, and Spotify, so you can stay up to date with all of our newest episodes. 
And if you are loving the show, give us a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify and leave a review. That is so helpful to the show and it means so much to us and we greatly appreciate it. Lastly, have you checked out our Barb Knows Best pod merch? We still have some cute new styles available and it is never too late to grab one for you and your bestie today. You can click the link in our show notes to check it out and let us know what you think. Thank you so much again for listening. Thank you, mom. And we will chat with you next week because as we know, Barb knows best. Bye. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.